do the introduction and everything at like nine minutes. Like, sorry, what is it? Nine. So I can edit all of this out. Okay. Okay. Do y'all want to talk a little bit about everything that's going on too? <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah. Also, don't forget to put your phones on silent. Oh. Because you'll hear it. Like buzzes. Okay. Oh. You get a All call. Right. Let me do that. I can just mm-hmm. put it on do not disturb, and that should do it. Okay, I'll do the introduction at like nine and twenty. Listeners, this is Danielle East with We Hear Collective again. If you don't know what We Hear Collective is, it's a Black women's art collective based out of Texas that works to promote the most marginalized artists in the art world. Uh, that is Black women. We do this through exhibitions, get together, and things like this podcast. And today we'll be talking a little bit about a project that's been in the works for quite a while, and it's We Hear Collective's uh, first official art exhibition. And it's titled, We Hear Collective, Contributions of the Black Woman. And our first exhibition is at 5NJ Gallery in Lubbock, Texas, at the Charles Adams Studio Project. The opening date is this Friday, June 5th, and you'll be able to view it for about a month. And we're supposed to have an opening that coincided with the Lubbock First Friday Art Trail, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we weren't able to do that right now. So there's a little change of display for the display and dynamic of the show, but you can still see the work um, from the street in the parking lot. And so today we'll be talking a little bit um, with two of the group show participants about the theme, the contributions of the Black woman, and how we use art for change in the community. And also we'll be talking a little bit about the current situation in America and with the situation that happened with George Floyd. And so today we have Jennifer, Spe- Jennifer Speverson and Kawanza Edwards. So can y'all introduce yourselves and tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and who you are? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to go first, but um, uh, hi, my name is Kwanzaa Edwards, and I am an artist based in San Antonio, Texas. Um, a bit of my, I don't know the best way to describe my work, it's just 
I kind of just do it, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and should I, should I go now or did you want to add anything, Kwanzaa? Oh, um, yeah, you can go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. Um, my name is Jennifer Steverson and I'm based in Austin, Texas. Um, and my, my work is, so I, I work with, uh, textiles. Um, I work with archives and I work with words. Um, and so I'm really interested in telling, um, stories about black communities that are rooted in like resilience and, um, art traditions, um, and not, not just in suffering. Um, and so the piece that I submitted for the show is, um, part of my holding ground series, which is, um, a cultural cartography of freedmen's of, um, African-American freedmen settlements in Austin. And, um, one of the interesting things about a lot of these communities is that they're actually situated along creeks and waterways. And so, um, I think there's a lot of spiritual significance to, you know, where people chose to live. Um, and so I work with archival photographs. Um, I work with indigo um, and I kind of try and layer them all together with plant materials to, um, yeah, tell different stories about Black history. So great. And Kawanza, do you want to talk about your piece that you submitted to you? Um, sure, sure. Um, hang on. Uh, refresh my memory. I do not know what piece I submitted. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, painting. So I mean, a lot of your paintings, like they don't look the same, but they all feel like they have a similar connection, like almost like they have the same mom. So if you want to like speak on your work, like your paintings specifically, I'll pull up your piece. I guess um, I work just in like a variety of mediums. I'm primarily a painter. Just a lot of my work are just really portraits, just of, uh, just women, and I guess they're kind of like in like this weird pop soloist setting. That um, I don't know. It's just always been my interest in just uh, otherworldly women paintings. You know, it's I've. I like that subject matter, and it's just something I don't see. Most. I don't see many. I don't see many black women in that genre very much. So that's pretty much what I like to do with my work is just be that contribution to it. Great. And it was the painting, and I printed off the one that has the yellow and black and blue background, and the one that has. The blue and yellow hair. Okay, now I think I know. I remember now. Okay, that piece. Yeah, these are all really good. Like the work for the show is really strong. So I printed out from sixteen artists. So it was some really good work, and I think people that are walking around will really be impressed with the whole show. And so I think if you want to talk a little bit about um, like the situation in America with George Floyd, and I know a lot of people are looking for ways that we can use art to really make a change in just the world and all of society. And I know a lot of people like don't know how to do that. 
So how do you think like this whole show, since it's it's kind of fitting that it's in the time when a lot of protests are going on. So how do y'all feel about the show happening at the same time that like all these protests are going on and a lot of um, really weird situations are also happening too? Um, this is Jennifer and I, I think like imagination and art is really important right now because I feel like it's very healing. And a lot of what's happening in the world with the, you know, the number of Black people who have been killed by the police, it's just, it's exhausting for me because it's just so much of the same story, you know? Um, And there's just kind of a a feeling for me of like, how long like are Black people going to have to be going through this situation? So to me, it's, it's, I'm exhausted right now. And so... I feel like I'm really excited mm-hmm. to be in a show in Texas with other Black women. Um, and I think that, you know, I hope that, I hope people are taking time out. Like, I hope Black people are taking care of themselves right now because I feel like there's just a lot of collective trauma um, that's being, you know, that that Black people have been going through for a long time. Um, and to have to go through all these things while there's a pandemic going on, um, I think it's just a lot. And I just, I'm a really big fan of um, the nap ministry. And I feel like for me, art is a place of rest and being able to like be in a creative space, even though we can't be together, like physically, even, you know, I'm really excited to see all the work together. um, Because it's nice to have that sense of community. Definitely. But it's, I don't know, it's just, with all the protests going on, you also see, like, a lot of work. Like, I went to a protest yesterday, and there were, like, so many interesting, like, um, uh, protest signs. And it was just crazy. There was some, like, done in sign language, and I'm just like, there's so much time put into it. And I had a sign that said, I love being Black, Black Lives Matter, and I was like, mine's nothing. But <laughs> that's important, too, though. So just, like, yeah. I was like quickly made it, but I was still like, oh, I just feel like a lot of effort into this going out because there are artists. Yeah. Out here. But I feel like even just that message of like, I love being black is like, I'm like, yes, you know, it's not, I know like the news coverage can be really um, maddening for me because it's like so, a lot of times I feel like stories come out about black people dying and then they center on the person's blackness instead of like the fact that it's like, no, it's not being black that it's, that's a problem. It's like this system that we live in. Like I love being black, you know? Um, so I know I'm like, I, lo- I love that sign. I feel like that's, yeah. Good message to remember. And it was like, and it was so specific also because these older, like what I was getting in my car leaving and these older people like saw my sign, but they didn't, they saw the back of it and they were like, oh, can we borrow your sign? <laughs> and I was like, and they were Asian. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But it was a good experience. And also um, Kwanzaa, if you want to, um, like, how do you feel like your paintings how was your work doing during all of this too? Cause I've seen a lot of people that are really, um, they want to buy art and they want to like promote 
black businesses. So how are how are y'all doing with your art? I know a lot of people are like, oh, are there artists that we could support? So how are y'all doing? Um, it's been kind of just fluctuating between um, I get like some commissions every now and then, but as far as just buying my art, it's only like a very small handful. There's a bit of people like offering, like uh, inquiring about pieces, but um, not that much. Uh, I guess creatively, I haven't really felt much of anything lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I do anything, it feels very just uh, I don't know, robotic. I'm just, I'm, I'm just here, pretty much. But uh, uh yeah. yeah. I'm like, I think for me, I'm like, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I'm like, I don't, I haven't been selling my art lately because um, I need to figure out, like, I need to get a website. I need to figure out just how to, like, sell prints and things like that. Um, but I used to sell um, my indigo cloth that I made at um, craft fairs in Austin. Um, and I had kind of taken a break from that in 2019. And I was like thinking that 2020 was going to be the year that I got back to it. So um, right now I'm just trying to figure out how to get my art out into the world. But I'm focusing more on like, yeah, I don't know, just kind of showing people more of my creative process on Instagram. But I also do really want to figure out how to just, yeah, sell pieces. So, Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I haven't been making as much visual art, but I've been doing more writing. Um, And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I'm excited about the show too, is just seeing how the other artists in it, like manage like the business side of what they do or, you know, get into exhibits and things like that. And I feel like everybody in the group is kind of, like they make a lot of work and they've been trying to make more work. And I think most have like two like art and like one job and then we have another job. So it's really like having to balance yeah. like the two. It's still good though. <laughs> so, and also, so the theme of the show is contributions as a black woman. So a lot of people really wanted a theme with the show, even though it's like our first show and being black and a woman is like a big theme already (laughs) so how do you feel about just the whole idea of work by black women and the contributions of black women because we're probably the only show in that gallery that's the only group show that they've ever had that's been like all black women so how do y'all feel about that um i feel great about it i mean i'm (laughs) Like I said, I'm just really excited to learn more about the work of the other artists in the show. And I think, um, you know, I think, you know, collectives are important. So, uh, yeah. Um, And I guess the contributions of Black women, I mean, I think there have been so many (laughs) um, to art and writing that... um, yeah, I, I feel like it's important for people to, to see um, shows that are all Black women, you know, and I would, you know, be great one day if that was, like, hopefully the gallery will have more shows like it in the future. Yeah. It's a weird, I guess, it's a weird, like, pressure to it for me whenever I think about it, because I always think about, 
oh, I have to contribute to what I want to do. Is does it have like uh, is what I contribute meaningful? You know, and uh, yeah, it's it's that weird. It's like weird question. When I was really thinking about it, it's just uh, like I don't really know how to answer that. Is can I just contribute by being here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's always, it's just like that weird. It's a weird pressure I always think about when I think about that phrase. Just like, does it, is it meaningful? Is it like uh, I don't know, like how like what's considered I guess contribution? Mm. Just now, when I always think about it, I think about um, like in high school when I was taught in like art history, not art history, but history as a whole. That like like America was built off of the backs of black people. Like we built the White mm-hmm. House, we built everything, whole entire Washington DC. And I was also thinking about like how like slavery was like continued, like when they stopped essentially importing people from Africa, it was like, well, how are we gonna get more slaves? How are we gonna keep this going? And it was essentially like black women that helped do that. Well, that were made to do that. So I feel like that's probably the biggest contribution. And now with everything that's going on, like the protest that's supposed to happen in Lubbock next week, like a black woman's running it and just like, she's doing so much. And just like, and a lot of people don't even know her. Like it's the biggest pressure. I feel like with all the contributions we do, there's like this big pressure to like do more and more and a lot of people don't really recognize yeah. like what we've done. I think that's, I totally agree with that. Cause I was, I mean, I feel like there's so much like black people have built so much in this country. And like, even thinking about the civil rights movement and like all the black women who were like instrumental in that movement, but who kind of remains, you know, behind the scenes. And like, I mean, I think it's, it's nice just to see black women at the forefront. Um, and to see their names attached to their work. Um, I mean, like right now I'm like learning, I'm learning how to quilt, which is like a super old school <laughs> um, craft, but so many of like the amazing quilts that were made by black women, those black women never were even really compensated for those works. So um, I think it's powerful just to be able to like, yeah be a black woman, put my name on my art, and then actually be able to like choose a price for my art um, instead of just being like, you know, like you're saying with the White House, just kind of being ordered to build something, um, <laughs> but never getting compensated for it or credited for it. And I think like recently I was, um, I was at the Carver Museum um, in Austin and they have pictures of, um, of African-American convicts and they were actually mining the materials for the state capital of Texas um, at Marble Falls. And that was a picture I'd never seen before, but that the state capital was built with convict lease labor. Um, And that's never a story that I've seen anywhere except at, you know, in this one exhibit. crazy i've been trying to like look up like older photos of like uh black people working especially like with all these cotton fields in texas i'm like it's a thing to be like now no one picks cotton and essentially this is a time when everybody like black people were picking cotton 
almost like and you know like how they like how they do the land it's like the land stays there it's like I almost have this idea of like the hands mm-hmm. that touch that land are like still there yeah their presence yeah there's so I like, completely agree I mean I think yeah I think that's really important and it's like with cotton too it's like I feel like there's also just like in some of the research that I've done I've seen references to like black women who were like weaving weaving cotton I mean it's not just like on um large large farms and small farms anywhere that that you had enslaved people growing cotton there were also loom houses where women and children (laughs) were responsible for processing the cotton um to produce clothing that they would have to wear so that's like a whole hidden i think side to the cotton industry that um I'm just really interested to learn more about, like I've read references to like women like using plant materials from the forest, like on their days off to like dye their clothing. Um, Cause when they, when they got it, it was just like plain white cloth. Um, so even just thinking about like somebody in that situation, taking the time, like it was important enough for them to actually personalize their garments um, and spend that time, that extra labor for themselves um, to dye cloth um, to me was really powerful. So I feel like there are a lot of like hidden contributions, but they're kind of everywhere. Yeah, they're like in places we don't even know about. It's crazy. But also in respect to the art world, um, who are y'all's like favorite black women artists in the art world? Ooh. I have yeah, a few. I'm just trying to figure, I keep starting to pick like one. You can say more than one, just say, I know it's hard to do like just one. Yes, a lot of them are actually like kind of. I guess. Mm, how do I say this? A few of them are just like are just kind of like illustrators and like digital artists and cartoonists, but um, uh, I'm trying to pronounce it. Geneva Benson. She goes on Instagram. She goes by GBD EE, but uh, I have to remember that. Probably one of my favorite, like, I guess, illustrators. But, uh, oh god, a lot of my, a lot of them are just like kind of, a lot of them are currently working now. I, right, right when I need to get the question, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can't remember all the names, but, uh, <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorites, uh, Geneva Benton. Yeah, me too. Oh, I have to look her up. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes, G D E E on Instagram. I've never seen her work before. I think maybe I've seen her work like on Instagram, but I've never like I didn't know it was her work. Like people just share it and they don't nice. even tag her. Um I think for me yeah. the the person that comes to mind is Simone Lee. Um who is an incredible sculptor and I just love the way she works with materials. Like she's 
she's I think she started off like working smaller scale with like ceramics and like just pottery and now she's doing these like massive like public installations um and her I saw one of hers called Brick House in New York that was just really cool um and she works a lot with like traditional craft but then she also kind of does it in her own way um and then the other person I'm gonna choose because I'm gonna cheat is um Ola um Akimoyo who's um the founder of the Free Black Women's Library um and she's doing like printmaking she does writing she does gathering she's like a set designer like she just has so much creative energy that um it's really inspiring to see how she's working as an artist but not in the sense of like I don't know I'm like she just works in so many different ways um that yeah I love what she does I love the Free Black Women's Library. And she's been posting so much about Octavia mm-hmm. Butler recently. Such a good um, So I'm just like, yes, these are like Octavia Butler times. So. Mm. I really like Betty Sayer. So good. And she's still alive, too. She's in her 90s, late 80s. And she, I've seen her studio too, and it's like huge. She has so many materials because she's a found object sculptor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you get all of this work? And then her daughter, Allison Sayer, is also an artist too. And I saw her work in um, California, in Los nice. Angeles. But it's like crazy that they're like mother and daughter, and they're both really successful artists too. and then also like outside of artists like who are like a few like black women that have made a big impact on y'all's life be a family member friend um i say i guess i would say um my I'm going to say my aunt Mabel, who's like my, like my grandmother passed away when I was 12. Um, And so my aunt, my great aunt Mabel was my, is my grandmother's sister. And I'm just really inspired by her. Like she's in her nineties. She's every time I talk to her, it's just, I feel like she's very open-minded and, but also very grounded. Um, And yeah, I just, I love her, her energy and her spirit and the way that she's kind of like, you know, the matriarch of my family. Um, it's just really, yeah, special. Um, and she's some, she's like, um, you know, an elder who's been in my life since I was a child. So I always just get a really good perspective just from talking with her and spending time with her. <laughs> they are yes they're always the best um so i want to say in small doses would be just like some of the women in my family i'm not too i'm not too close to a lot of my family anymore but um 
Yeah, just like people like my mom and my aunt. The, I guess like the few times they just kind of just let me be and let me just do what I want. I've always respected them for that. I think my most, the person that, the woman I'm most inspired by is probably my grandma, my mom's mom. She had Alzheimer's when I was in high school and like when we got the closest. Like I always, like it was a day, it was time where like I never miss like going and see her, going and see her, to see her until I was like, I think it was like when I was 12 years old when I went to camp for the first time. And I was gone for like a week from her. That's good. There's, there's a lot of black women that I'm really inspired by. I also really like Angela Davis. Yeah. The biggest um, I guess for like non-family members, like Fannie Lou Hamer. Um, because she was like, you know, she had, she founded a farmer's cooperative and she was a farmer herself. Um and just again was like doing so many different things um, like to bring awareness to, you know, she was like an activist, but it's like her activism, I feel like was really about like her community and her people. Um, and I love that she was a farmer. Um, I garden a lot. And so, yeah, anytime I, I read about a black woman who's a farmer or a gardener, I'm just like, my ears perk up. I'm like, tell me more. What do you grow? <laughs> I really need to get into growing stuff. Like I bought, like I know mm. I'm making a um, compost pile and I really need to go buy oh gosh, some yes. Well, luckily I'm like, I think summer is really hard in Texas because it's just so hot. Have, and it's like you have to water things constantly but I love growing um, things in the fall and the winter so you definitely have time like if you look at the I think Texas A&M puts out like a growing calendar um, and there are so many greens that you can grow just from like October onwards um, and they're pretty easy I'm going to check that out. I'm excited. I'm going to do something. I need to be more in line with the earth. I need to do something. <laughs> I need to grow one. <laughs> and then so, so with the name of the collective, like we here, we're just like thinking, it was a good idea because there was a Black Women's Art Collective, the very first one that was recorded called Where We At. And so we here is kind of like a response to it. We here. And so that collective, where we at, was started in 1971, and it had artists in it, Faith Ringle, Binga McCannon, and was founded by Kay Brown. And there was a lot of other Black women artists in the group that I didn't really know. And there was also a lot more. They said there was a lot more, but their name wasn't recorded either. So uh, how does seeing the work of these other Black women artists and collectively being able to know other Black women artists and connecting with them impact your experience as an artist and as a Black woman. Um, just to be real, I, really, I don't really know these artists that well. Artistry has never been my like, forte at all, but uh, I really I have to do research. Mm -hmm. 
I had actually never heard of the collective before I was reading about the name of this one. Um, like I know Faith Ringgold's work because um, mm-hmm. she's a really cool quilter. Um, she does like paintings. Her 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 quilts look like paintings. Um, so I know her work, but I need to look at some of the others. Um, and for me, I guess just like knowing that it's possible, um, I feel like I've I've always loved making art since I was a kid, but I never really took it seriously or considered that it could be important for somebody other than myself, um, you know, because my family was always very much like, how are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to feed yourself? Um, and art was never the answer to any of those. So, um, yeah, I'm always just really inspired when I see other other people who are just making art and, you know, showing it to other other people. Um, I feel like it took me a long time to do that. So it's just, yeah, it's nice, inspiring to know that it's possible. Yeah, and it's crazy that we didn't really, like I knew a few people that I started adding, but then I didn't know a lot of black women. And then I thought like more people would like know each other, mm-hmm. especially like the ones that like live in Dallas. I thought like, that was like in the Dallas art scene knew like other people in the Dallas art scene I was like oh this is a good idea because I had a show last year in Dallas well I did a residency and then that's how I met like a few of the women and we were talking like oh this is really nice to like be black women and be artists and all be together we were like we're still collective because it's like you never like just that week also Ari Brielle she had a show that same week too and it was a lot of like black artists there too so it was like that whole week was like nice. exhibitions of black artists <laughs> which was really nice especially for Dallas too and it's crazy it's nice though to be like to be able to like connect with other black women artists I wish we could connect mm-hmm. more and now I know. Like did you go to COVID-19 the, um, we can't do anything I think one of the first like collectives that I saw a group show of of black women was um black women artists for black lives matter um and that's how i found out about simone lee but they did a show at um project row houses like two years ago um but i'm like outside of that show that's really the only that's like the only show i feel like i've seen in texas that's been all black women so yeah i'm like hearing about your experience really makes me want to like go visit dallas and like see more art um Yeah, the Dallas the Dallas art scene is really good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I thought about living in Dallas, but the traffic was a little bad. Cool. But the artists are really good there. And there are so many, like, Black-owned mm-hmm. galleries and Black-owned spaces. And I mm-hmm. did a residency through um, Sunset Art Studios. And the last, I think, 12 artists they supported through their residency program have been women. Also, so it's really nice and all the people that like rent studios to them are women too and they're really grassroots organizations but I know um uh Stacy Monday nice. she did a show there too and she did a residency there too and Molly Margaret so all of them they really support black women too mm. and they have a paid stipend. that was so confusing to me when I first started looking at residencies I was like oh I pay you um, <laughs> um, 
So that's good to yeah. hear. Some are paid and then some you have to pay. Like the one I'm doing right now at the Charles mm -hmm. Adams Studio Project, which is down the street from the gallery is okay. paid, but my apartment is connected to it. So nice. And my studio is like right in the area. <laughs> So it's, it's reasonable to have like a studio space and the apartment. So it's not like, oh, yeah, you're paying for something yeah, that like that's the really expensive. Yeah, that's the other thing I really wanted to do this year was um, uh, start applying for more residencies. Um, but I think a lot of a lot of the ones that that I that I've I know there was like a lot in the first residence a few years ago um I met one of my friends well, we used to be friends there in Los Angeles and she was also a black woman too so fun stuff but also I think it's really good that we um connect as black artists too because a lot of people don't know black women and I know it's easier to get into galleries as a group too so why not do it with people that can really comment and know about your experience <laughs> yeah. so it's going to talk about so the many con societal contributions made by Black women are deliberately concealed and often kind of whitewashed. So uh, how do you feel about how this affects your art practice? So how do you feel like the work that you've done has kind of been almost whitewashed at times or if it has been? Um, I don't feel like... I I don't think I've, I felt like my, I don't feel like my work has been like uh, whitewashed or just like concealed. I don't think personally that's happened to me, at least that I can remember. Uh, mm -hmm. Either way, I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. That that's, 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 that's a thing that's happened. But, I know, and I feel like sometimes like earlier the piece, I put a piece outside of my studio and there were little kids taking pictures with it too. And they weren't black. So I was like, it's almost like this backdrop. Cause I like stitched onto this big piece of fabric and it said, this is for black women in Lubbock that often forget that they are magic. So it's like, <laughs> it's a backdrop. Oh. It's a very nice wallpaper now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and that's why I like like the first Friday art trails in Lubbock. Like a lot of artists come out, a lot of patrons of the art. And then it's also like just random people that want to get out and just need another selfie. <laughs> so but it's nice that they're there. <laughs> but, and a lot of times I don't think they know that like the studio that they're coming in is my studio. And then a lot of people are surprised if they're like, oh, it's a black person in here. <laughs> so I can kind of tell when like some people- Just leave. like they weren't <laughs> expecting it at all. But... 
Yeah, I guess. And then sometimes people don't really initially like see the work as like black. And then they might like see something be like, oh, this is this seems a little black. And then sometimes it's a lot of people in the area. So they don't, they've never been here. They don't really uh, know. It's, I've had an experience like actually it's me. Like uh, I do like markets <laughs> and stuff like yeah. I was doing one out here in San Antonio. And uh, it was, it's just hot. And um, a girl just came and sat under my tent with me. She, she's like next to me. She's like, hey, can I sit over here? I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, sit anyway, not nowhere near my stuff, just kind of like off to get some get some shade. And some guy came up and he just like looked at me, and then looked at her, looked back at me, then looked back at her and asked the girls, like, hey, did you paint all this? And I'm like, what? I'm sitting right next to why? But, but that's just that jogged memory specifically. It's like. Oh, the girl was just like the girl so was just as confused like, too. This no. is really weird. I like it when people are like, "Oh, do y'all know who like made this work or created this work?" So then it's not like or like the constant you know, ugly. Did you draw this? It's like, yeah, person. my name's on the tag. My name's next to it. What the heck do you expect? Anyway, yeah. I know and I feel like a lot of people sometimes like they'll come up to me and be like oh I really like this piece and I like oh. that it's about can, da, 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 da. can you guys hear me that, sorry yeah but then <laughs> also sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also um I was talking about like how um yeah our pieces are often and I our mean... work is often like whitewashed oh, or... and then oh no yeah, oh, I'll just complete what I was saying. And I just feel like sometimes people won't see my work as like talking about the Black experience or Black women. They'll either just be like, say, oh, it's about women or it's about family or something else. And I'm like, because then I want to um, say it's about being Black. I feel like for me, I'm like, sometimes I, w- I wonder, well, I think I'm like, there's so many different things, but it's like, I feel like for the holding ground series like this is the first art that I've made where there are like faces in it um most of what I make is pretty abstract or it's like with cloth and so you know you can't there's nothing about it that would say like this was made by a black woman um so yeah but I'm like I I really like working with abstract things so I don't think that's going to change um and sometimes it feels like there's a certain type of of art of black art that maybe gets amplified so I don't know I'm like that hasn't been an issue for me but I'm like I see how it has been for other artists um and then I think with like indigo like there's kind of like there was like this big controversy in like the indigo world because there was um there was a Mexican and a Malian indigo artists who basically called out um you know like wealthy um white women for going to like for going to Mexico and Oaxaca taking classes taking like a one-day workshop and then coming back to the states and offering that work the same workshop but charging oh. people more money and then describing themselves as like indigo masters <laughs> um so there's like a little there's definitely some like appropriation that's happened um, and a little bit of just shadiness around how people, you know, decide to label themselves as like being masters of indigo. Um, yeah. 
So, and I think just with cloth in general, it's like I'm always, whenever I see a piece of like, you know, cloth from another country, I'm always like, hmm, if, if this um, boutique in Austin is charging, you know, you know, like $900 for this rug that was hand woven in Oaxaca, like how much was the artist paid? Um, so that's something I think about a lot, just as like, yeah, as a black artist. And even with quilts, it's like, you know, if somebody bought a quilt in the 40s when somebody needed money and they paid like $30 for that quilt and now that quilt is in like a museum and the museum is like licensing that image but the quilter's family is still living in poverty, then it's like, I think about it more in terms of that. It's just like who actually gets to benefit from black art. Definitely. Well, I didn't even think about the quilts with that. There's a quilt museum in like my hometown yeah. in Grange, and now I'm like, yeah. who made this quilt? Though? <laughs> I asked them like, yeah. I need well, a list like, of everybody. Even with, like, that me doing made research on cloth, like I contacted um, a museum in North Texas because they have a lot of um, they have a lot of cotton fabric garments like things that were sewn and made in texas like during the period of enslavement so i emailed the curator and i was like hey how many of these things were made by black people you know and i said it in like you know whatever academic way but i just never got a response and i think i contacted her like three times and i'm just like dude (laughs) if you have cotton fabric that was woven in texas in 1830 then you know just say what it is i'm not trying to bite your head off i'm just i want to do research um so yeah that's great and also i was thinking about um like i wanted to try and like use cotton in more of my work and i was telling like one of my cousins like (laughs) i was like kind of picking cotton and like these fields out in the country and she was like you know that's stealing (laughs) like yeah I mean, it's, it's kind of reparations. Like, I mean, it's not a big thing that black I know, people well, want to like, go and like. To me, one of the really cotton right now. One so. of the most like interesting things about like learning about Mali and indigo production and like how it's like woven into people's lives is that cotton in like in the this one area where like my teacher was from, it's like cotton was um, not a cash crop, but it was almost just like something that people grew for themselves. So cotton is women would spend cotton in their off time. Like when they had nothing else to do, that's when they would spend cotton. And then the men traditionally would weave the cotton. So it was really interesting for me, like coming from America to be like, wow, cotton is a pastime. Like, what is that? (laughs) What is that? You know, I was just so blown away by that. Um, And yeah, so... Yeah, cotton is like it's, it's a really weird flower. And it it has so much history too. It has so mm-hmm. much history. <laughs> People do not know. <laughs> and also I was like just to kind of go off of it's like black artists and black art being taken advantage of. The Dallas art critic, their Instagram, Dallas Art Critic. They made a post today of artists that hmm. are not black 
that painted black figures mm. won portrait awards for them that haven't said anything since wow all the recent um violence against black people have happened so she comes out i think like 20 and her post says like 10 oh, and only wow. one of them contacted her back mm. and said anything that's so interesting it was a that's dallas cute. art critic yeah wow following them yeah there's like i must know more. Dallas art critic yeah it's, it's their first post i've seen that a few times just, just looking at people in the art world where i'll just see someone either doing like art about black lives matter or, or art about um and just uh, police brutality and it's always it'll be just some white artists but then they would get all like the recognition for it mm. yeah Uh, I met. I can't even think of her name yet, and I have to look it up. And um, I met her in Los Angeles, and it's this. She's a white woman, and she does paintings of younger black. Okay, I know. Kids. Whoa! And she started Margaret like painting Bones? their face white, and she got a lot of back. I've seen a few of her paintings in my yeah. at my day job. Like, yes, uh, I met we have her. a collector that I worked in. Like okay, Texer. I worked in like a custom framing shop, and one of the collectors he collects only by women artists. So I've seen a few of his, her paintings. Just and they're very impressive, but that's mm. all she paints. It's a little bit eerie. So all of her paintings are black, black it's children like, who are painted white. Yeah, their face are painted with like some white paint on Margaret Boland. Hmm, yeah. you can search the name on Instagram okay. yeah because then they were having a talk so I did this residency in Los Angeles and they had like artist talks like every other night and so they had her work like I looked up her name before she was supposed to be there and I was like oh these are really these are cool and I thought she was a black person black woman yeah, and she got I was there. Like, and she wasn't black at, at work. Like, it was like, oh, she's not. <laughs> These are really well. This is kind of heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she said these were um, kids that she babysat, her neighbor's kids, too. So, like, one day she was just like, since they were just sitting there, she was like, oh, can y'all pose for a painting? And then She's been doing it ever since. But she said, like, because she had a lot of backlash cause from the white painting on their face. And mm -hmm. she said it was just a connection to Renaissance painting. But when she said that, she didn't really have, like, I know it was like a quick talk, but she was just like, it's just connection to Renaissance painting, mm -hmm. not anything racist. So she didn't really talk much about that. Yes. So I was like, okay. But she it's not just okay, I looking at Instagram, it. it's not just like black kids. It's pretty much anybody she put like this white paint all over their faces. Hmm. Yeah. She never really addressed that much on it. Even I asked the guy who um bought one of her paintings and he didn't he he didn't really care about it. He's just like, Oh, it's such a nice painting. He have no input on that. Hmm. And her name is Dana Bolden. Margaret Bolden. Margaret, okay. okay. Like, oh. well, <laughs> I see so much of her work. It's just like, as soon as you yeah. mentioned like that particular aesthetic, oh. I was like, oh, wait, I know. <laughs> uh, no, I have to find it. Well, it's like, what do you guys think about the thing that happened at um, 
it was like the MoMA Biennial a few years ago where there was a white woman artist. Um, I think her name was Dana Scholes and she painted, she did a painting of like um, Emmett Till's open casket. And people were just like, felt very strongly mm. first that like the painting should have had a trigger warning because that's such a, you know, graphic traumatic image to see. Um, but then they also felt like as a white artist, she was trying to profit from black pain. And it, it's like, I read, I read things on both sides, but I don't know. Like now I've been thinking a lot about like, what if I was a white woman? Like what if tomorrow I woke up and mm. I was a white woman? Like what would I do? Like, would this be appropriate? Oh, like, how would I feel doing this? And I'm almost, mm, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a good thing that you're like yeah. bringing awareness to this, but it's like, gosh. Yeah, I'm like, no. yeah, it just makes me feel a certain way. Well, and especially when I think about just like, I don't know. I, I would like to think that there are some things that just, sh- I think there are some things that can't belong to everybody, but it's like where to draw those lines is really complicated. Um, And I feel like with Nate, like with, with American Indian groups and tribes, like they, in some ways they've done like so much groundwork and even like, um, you know, cultural curators, like on the continent, you know, in Africa, like they've done so much work to just be like this, this art should, you know, be returned to this country or this thing shouldn't be seen by people who are not from our like religious group but I feel like those lines aren't as clear um with like black American figures in art or subjects I don't know I don't know if it should be the same but it's just like one of those things that I think about when I read articles about like art being repatriated And also my um my neighbor's name is Chris and one of my friends in Lubbock, she was like, Oh, I wish I could be like you and Chris, where I could like make art about my experience or about race. And I was like, like, I mean, like I'm kind of doing it like not as like, oh, I kind of have to do this, or it's easy to do it this way. Like, this is like a form of protest. So it's like if I was white, I could make work that's like abstract paintings that mean nothing. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Make $15,000 off uh, of a banana. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I wish that that had been done by like a black woman. Like, that would have made it. I'm just like, like I want to see a black woman tape a bit like an apple to a wall and just bank, you know, $10 million from that one act. Uh, goals. <laughs> Yes. And then I found out like with that banana, like there was actually three pieces. It was a triptych. And then there were two like artist copies made. So there was actually five of them. And at first the first two were ten thousand dollars, I think. And then they upped the price. To fifteen thousand dollars for the last three calories that bought them 
actually didn't get the banana or anything. <laughs> they just got like a certificate what? of, I forgot what it's called, certificate of ownership. So they're the oh only gallery that can like a banana See, I'm like, I in would their love gallery to see, like, with a, tape. A show about the art world that, made that it. has the same drama as like The Wire that's just about things like that. <laughs> I'm just like, uh. Can we like pitch that to Netflix? <laughs> Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> art. It's lazy art. I don't know, but it's like, I feel like if a Black person would have done it, I don't know. Do y'all feel like it would have like went off differently? Because a lot of people that visited the art fair, I don't know if they knew the artists or not. But... I have like a slight pessimistic feeling that if it was a black artist that did that they would just be called lazy mm-hmm. or just trying to trying to stir up drama or something i don't know i don't think it would have been received as positively i know they would have like connected it to yeah. like some form of the black experience and they would have called yeah. it like art Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just not here for it. Great. And also, before we like all head out, is there anything else y'all would like to tell the listeners before we go? Anything about your work (laughs) or about the contributions of Black women? Also, you can say Um, your cash app or Venmo. (laughs) I'm like, I don't have a cash app or a Venmo, but I am, you know, people can always send me coins on um, PayPal or, um, oh man, what's that other one that I used to pay my friends back for meals? That is Venmo. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> people can find me at Jennifer Steverson on Venmo um, yeah. <laughs> or on PayPal um, and they will know that it's me because on Venmo there's a giant piece of indigo cloth behind me and I am a black woman. Many um, other Jennifer Stevensons are not. <laughs> um, and I guess um, yeah I mean I'm just really excited to be a part of the show. I really enjoyed talking with both of you and um, I would like to like once like the outside is safe again um, in some capacity I would really love to to do like some kind of a textile workshop um, for like black women um, 